Hello, all my lovely people. Welcome to Let's Get Black 2. For those of you who have never heard our voices or seen our faces, I am Mark. And I am T. Thank you all for being here with us as we discuss homophobia in hip hop. For those of you who are not familiar with us, Let's Get Black 2 is a podcast designed to challenge, educate, and start conversations amongst the Black community and those alike. Featuring two Black bisexual creatives, we bring a young, vibrant, and real perspective to issues new and old. We talk new struggles, old stigmas, and offer some solutions to make our never-ending existence easier. Hello, all my lovely people. See, the thing is, I'm just saying. So as you know, today's episode is about homophobia in hip hop, and we all know what that is stemming from, but we're not going to start there. We're going to go to the beginning, the origins of hip hop. Now, before that, Britannica defines hip hop as the cultural movement attained widespread popularity in the 1980s and 90s. It's also the backing music for rap, which is the musical style incorporating rhythmic and or rhyming speech that became the movement's most lasting and influential art form. Now, hip hop started in the 1970s right out of New York City. Teenagers were learning how to DJ and how to mix and their friends would be their MCs and they would be rapping with them. And many of these teenagers found jobs being MCs and DJs around their neighborhoods. So this started with like the old school with DJ Cool Herc, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five and Scratching Tables. Which then leads us into the golden age, which is the 1980s, where hooks came into play. This new style of political hip-hop developed when groups began demanding political change and an end to injustice and racism. So this includes NWA, Public Enemy, Run DMC, um, which then leads to the 90s, where gangster rap started, and this includes Puff Daddy, um, Notorious B.I.G., Jay-Z, 50 Cent. Right, and so then gangster rap is where all of this started. So hip-hop is a new thing, which is what we've learned right now. Hip-hop's very new, which means gangster rap is even newer because it was in the 90s. Me and Tiara are 90s babies. So gangster yeah. rap came when we were born. Okay, it's not and too so, far off. It's not. And gangster rap is built in misogyny, specifically misogynoir. But that's another conversation for another day. But like it has all the things because gangsters don't care. Gangsters mm-hmm. are built on the heteronormative masculine black man. Yes. So that's where gangster rap comes from because gangsters don't care. They talk about whoever, they will do whatever, whoever. Mm-hmm. And they'll say whatever. And this definitely came into play when it came to like rap culture because diss battles, they were Mm -hmm. dissing each other. Like they didn't care. And that was part of this gangster rap era. So now that brings us into like today. Yes, which, uh, you know, just to name some people with hip hop, uh, Nicki Minaj being uh, the newest form of a woman in rap. And she kind of brought in this new wave of women who can rap and who want to have um, a career Mm -hmm. in rap music. Um, Eminem, Dr. Dre, Kanye West, uh, Lil Nas X, DJ Khaled. Um, And with this, like I said, uh, women and people who are a part of the LGBTQ community are new to hip hop. They have barely been allowed into the room. Why is that, Marcellus? Why? I think hmm. it's it smells like homophobia. Oh, it smells like homophobia and misogyny. That's crazy. Oh, come on, misogynoir. I, mm-hmm. I smell misogynoir. I smell it. Because mm-hmm. the Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines homophobia as an irrational fear of, aversion to, and just as many things in this world, homophobia is also socially constructed because homophobia doesn't look the same 
every year. It doesn't look the same for every person, right? Mm -hmm. Meaning its impact goes further than a simple textbook definition. Now, remember this, okay? Remember this because I'm going to bring this back up on how it's a social construct. Therefore, a book definition doesn't completely define it, right? So mm -hmm. all of this leads us into why are we even talking about this? Why are we even talking about this? It's because of the baby. If you have been living under a rock, if you haven't, you know he said some reckless things that Tira's mm -hmm. about to tell us about. Yeah, so as he said, some of you may know or may not know, uh, baby took to the Rolling Loud stage and decided to say a statement, right? And it caused mm -hmm. a lot of discourse within um, the Black community as well as the LGBTQ community. Um, so mm -hmm. uh, if you didn't know what exactly was said, uh, this makes me so uncomfortable to have to say this because it aggravates me and it angers me and I can only under... Um, not only understand, but I can only imagine how those who are actually affected by this and by these diseases feel, right? Mm -hmm. So the baby took to the uh, Rolling Loud stage and mm -hmm. said, and I quote, if you didn't show up today with AIDS or one of them deadly sexually transmitted diseases that'll make you die in two to three weeks, put your cell phone light in the air. Ladies, if your pussy smells like water, Put your cell phone light in the air. Fellas, if you ain't sucking a nigga's dick in the parking lot, put your cell phone lights in the air, right? And then he goes on mm. to say um, that his fans don't have HIV or AIDS because they're not nasty or junkies or, um, you know, reckless. They have class, is what he said. And that statement in and of itself holds so much ignorance and it's a lot. It's a lot because I, for y'all, for my personal mental health, I didn't watch the video. I haven't seen it. Like to this day, I haven't seen it. And I intend on not seeing it mm -hmm. because I know what it's going to do for me. But for the all intents and purposes of this podcast, I found the statement. I did not listen to him say it. I found it from somebody else who quoted it because I just simply wasn't doing it. I couldn't. Yeah. And so like, it was just, it's a lot, you know, especially for us who aren't even affected by this. This doesn't even mm -hmm. affect us at all. Yeah. But like, it, it goes into like this gay agenda versus straight agenda, right? And um, it's like, it happens in music, TV, film, everything. And it got me thinking because like people agree with baby, right? And we're going to talk about who agrees with him and different people. But like, it's all a part of this quote unquote, they're trying to push a gay agenda. So he's now pushing a what a quote unquote straight agenda. But where does the gay agenda even come from? Mm -hmm. Where did it even start? So of course, we did our research and history.com is telling us that in 1924, Henry Gerber, a German immigrant founded in Chicago, the Society for Human Rights, the first documented gay rights organization in the United States. 1924. 1924 is when the first documented gay rights organization happened. So from this moment, it's probably when everybody's like, oh, here comes the gay agenda, right? Mm -hmm. Here comes the gay agenda. And during his U.S. Army service in World War One, Gerber was inspired to create his organization by the Scientific Humanitarian Committee, a homosexual emancipation group in Germany. And if y'all didn't know, in Germany, like back in then, I think the picture was 1938 to be exact, gay prisoners would be marked with a pink triangle. They were marked. Like, if you were gay in Germany, you were marked in prison. And I, of course, for those who don't know, I lived in Germany. Eh. But I, I have sure friends did. who... <laughs> have friends who are there i have gay friends who are there and he told me literally last week that gay marriage is still illegal in germany i didn't know that personally i didn't know that he had to tell me that i'm like oh wow you wouldn't know you wouldn't think but being that this is what they did back then of course it makes sense yeah and that i, was I didn't even know that 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 was mm -hmm. a thing that they mm -hmm. would you know uh in the most simple terms brand these uh absolutely homosexual individuals and in, absolutely in prison that's I, I did not know that and why in prison that's that's not here nor there but also right. the fact that it's still illegal is killing me too like that's what shocked me like it's still illegal i almost didn't believe mm -hmm. it but you know and so like that's over there in europe right and you know we're gonna bring it back to america but that's where it started it started over there and then it came over here in the 1960s 
Okay, Illinois became the first state to do away with anti-sodomy laws, effectively decriminalizing homosexuality. So it was a crime to be gay. Like, can mm -hmm. we understand that, y'all? It used to be a crime to be gay. It used to be a crime to be LGBT, right? And in this, a local TV station in California aired the first documentary about homosexuality called The Rejected, right? So this is also new. So you have like the 1960s. Okay, and guess what? Hip hop started in the 1970s. Mm-hmm. Really? naturally the people who are doing these raps people that are speaking out on things that they don't think is right and things they think is wrong quote-unquote injustices for some of the people this is part of it exactly this is part of it so you see how like they are almost the gay rights movement and hip-hop are almost the same they're almost the same years old mm -hmm. and so like it's going like the gay agenda what is the gay agenda there is none i'm gonna tell y'all now there is none like mm -hmm. i didn't know we had meetings i didn't know we had meetings and organizations and leaders and stuff for the gay agenda i didn't know we were a fan club i didn't know we were a club did you know we were a club tiara i did not know that no not at all okay because i was like did I, maybe i missed a meeting or something maybe i missed maybe i didn't get my my package in the mail with my shirt right and my hat. right did you know? i miss my my email right like, I, did I, I? I didn't receive anything <laughs> i know i changed addresses but i thought they followed you people talk about the gay agenda and how it's pushed and and how it's like happening but there's no such thing as it and we're going to dive deeper into that but who are the people who agree with this tiara who agrees with the quote-unquote gay agenda and that's something that's happening oh my goodness so you know there was this little show called love and hip-hop right i feel Ooh. like if you are a uh, person in the black community you would have possibly seen it Right, and there's this woman, Jocelyn, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and she took to Twitter to explain how she was pretty much siding with Boosie, who mm -hmm. has also, you know, come out to say these things about how he doesn't agree with little Nas and um, how he feels like this shouldn't be, uh, you know put out and brainwashing his children and all of that stuff. But mm -hmm. Jocelyn went on Twitter and said, and I quote, y'all reaching. I also myself like a little licky licky, but I'm not the one, two or three to expose children to the extreme of showcasing something that should not be taught to our children at such a young age. When the age is right, you tell the kids, Hey, this is what it is. Interesting. And that just by itself didn't sit right with me only mm -hmm. because I am a firm believer in if these things are talked about and shown and showcased in media, since media has become such a, you know, a more accessible thing with these generations now, um, I feel that it is good to have these people who are themselves and, you know, authentic and they mm -hmm. are, you know, going and, and expressing how they feel. But you have something to say about this boy, right? Little Nas, who's just expressing his artistry. Mm -hmm. But you don't have two things to say when you're wearing limited clothing Ooh. on a screen or, you know, wearing little to nothing, but no, you don't want um, mm -hmm. your kids to know that gay people exist. Like, <laughs> I'm telling you, and <laughs> we're not here. We're not here for the slut shaming, however, comma. How can you talk about pushing sexuality and pushing sexualism and sexual whatever on kids? Jocelyn Hernandez, girl, I can pull up a video of you right now kissing a woman on national television. Exactly. I can pull up a video of you with strippers. And, Bonnie's going to see that. And do you want to know what that goes into? Just to bring it up. That goes into the double standard of, of um, um, homosexuality, uh, lesbians, you know, and any form of LGBTQ in our media. It is more mm -hmm. acceptable for a woman mm -hmm. to get on screen 
and you know in public and kiss a woman Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. but there is a lot of discourse when it is a man especially and we can talk about this because we're a part of the black community it is especially worse in the black community mm-hmm. like 10 times worse in the sense that you know if they see a woman kissing a woman yeah you know they'll have this that and the third to say about it but the second a man gets on there and says that he you know likes another man is in love with another man kisses another man you know whatever all hell breaks loose also, y'all didn't have this much hoo-ha when Demi Lovato released Cool for the Summer. Okay? Or, no, no, no. Do y'all remember uh, Britney and Madonna? Wasn't it Britney and Madonna on the VMAs who kissed on national television? It was somebody television? and Madonna. Yeah, it was somebody and Madonna. Also, also, Katy Perry had a gay couple in her fireworks video. Mm-hmm. Literally, a gay couple. That was one of the whole scenes. And so it's so interesting because it's like literally selective. It's elective, and that's mm-hmm. the whole thing with like um, Lil Nas X. Is he he remember y'all? He released those shoes that had like blood in them, mm-hmm. and everybody was like, "Oh my god, how can you do this?" Oh, it's but satanic. Then, that's horrible. But then Tony Hawk is releasing a hundred limited edition skateboards with his blood on them, and so of course Lil Nas X and Tony like they met up or whatever because Lil Nas X is, does what he does he's iconic and so then he met up with Tony and then like he released this tweet that was like okay so where's all the uproar about Tony Hawk's skateboards with blood mm-hmm. on them are you saying that there was another reason why y'all were mad at me for putting blood in shoes mm-hmm. alluding to homophobia and that homophobia mm-hmm. isn't just for Lil Nas X Tyler the Creator is an LGBT artiste you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and he releases music that can be put in the hip-hop slash rap genre right and he deals with these same kind of things like especially when it came to that dj Khaled situation and i couldn't believe it myself it was that like dj Khaled when tyler creator beat him dj Khaled was like he couldn't he couldn't stand it dj Khaled went on to say that like tyler creator doesn't even make hip-hop music and so is that where jocelyn hernandez reminds me dj Khaled, non-black people speaking on black business Mm-hmm. Which, because, <laughs> mm-hmm. let me tell you, that's going to be an entire episode uh, in, in and of itself, y'all, because there is so much we can talk about, about non-Black people sticking their nose in Black people's business. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it does, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And not also, at all. Like, not these what? Are not a single people. penny, Marcellus. Come on, not a single penny. These mm-hmm. straight people are also in gay business. And I've noticed that. Like, straight people love being LGBT business, especially Lil Boosie. And he's been so homophobic, y'all. We don't, I'm not even, I told T today, I was like, girl, we ain't even got to find what he said. Just look him up. No, please. Google him. And, uh, so many, so many things will come up about Boosie because, uh, hello he's like like marcella said has spoken out so many times about how you know the uh gay agenda and and these these um homosexuals are being pushed on our children and all of this stuff oh we can get into that because i think it's interesting i think it's interesting Mm -hmm. i'm just saying how come everything in this world can influence your kid except for the people who birthed them come on now Mm -hmm. my thing is People love to talk about like, oh, don't push it on kids. Or, it's too early for that. Y'all have been watching Minnie and Mickey Mouse kiss for decades. Mm-hmm. It just, it goes to show the double standard because what about all the straight couples? We were raised on straight couples, which goes to show it doesn't work. No, It goes exactly. to show it doesn't work. Do y'all know, I really sat in my bed and thought about it. The first gay character I ever saw, I was in like, mm, eighth grade maybe i was mm-hmm. in eighth grade the first time i was ever exposed to a gay character in a tv show ever do y'all understand like how that doesn't it doesn't compute the no, the what y'all all. are trying to say how it's being pushed on kids because i work with children okay y'all i have my bachelor's in social psychology and i was a behavioral health specialist dealing with kids from the ages of like two to 19 Mm-hmm. So a lot of my kids were LGBT kids. And so dealing with all these kids in these different ages, mm-hmm. these kids know. And I think what people are doing is they're taking little instances of representation that they're getting and saying, oh my gosh, look at them trying to push this agenda. Just like, for example, it's not in our notes, but 
in the Rugrats, Phil and Lil's mm-hmm. mom is going to be an openly gay lesbian in the new reboot. And everybody's mad. How are they just going to forget about Howie? How are they just going to forget about the, the Y'all didn't care about him. Y'all right. didn't care about him at all. Y'all didn't care y'all about didn't him. Give two, and two shits about that man. Or y'all also, didn't care. Um, in the new Muppets TV show, right now, mm-hmm. um, what's his name? Gonzo. Gonzo. Um, is non-binary in good the for, show. Good for them. Which I I was very you know happy about because mm-hmm. you know like I said I feel that the more that we talk about these things and the more that they are put into media makes them less of a taboo topic. Yes, taboo. Right. It makes it more normalized and it makes it more generalized and people don't look at it as being something that is you know different or weird or Mm -hmm. you know um outlandish because Mm -hmm. that's the whole reason why more people are coming out and feeling more comfortable to come out and you know Mm -hmm. declare who they are Mm -hmm. because um it's more welcomed within our generation in terms of media you know for the most part like you know we're we're farther along than we were you know 30 20 10 years ago and you know like we are but there is still a lot that needs to be worked on you know and and a lot of uncomfortable conversations that need to be had but Mm -hmm. people's heads are too far up their asses that they don't feel the need to do so so i'm telling you and can we just get into the fact that kids don't care like let's just start there kids don't care literally don't care working with kids y'all i have worked with kids for almost my whole life kids don't care Mm. kids are so tolerant to everything they aren't they're taught to hate people they're taught to have biases they're Mm -hmm. taught to do these things kids don't come out the womb with this stuff y'all are teaching them to do this stuff Mm -hmm. so kids don't get taught how to be gay no they just get taught what a gay person is because here's the thing though if kids are old enough to ask me whether I'm a boy or a girl, I think they're old enough to know mm-hmm. everything else. Because they're like, are you a boy or a girl? And I'm like, well, I'm a boy. You know, I am, I may sound feminine, but I am a boy. I am mm-hmm. a male presenting exactly. cis male. Like I just, and I go by he, him pronouns. Yeah. So like, that's just me, right? That's me. And I have to oftentimes explain to kids that though I sound feminine, though I, yeah, that's basically, yeah, I just sound feminine. I don't dress feminine-esque. I mean, sometimes I do. Either way, that's besides the point. Either way, I'm a man. I'm mm-hmm. a boy. I'm a male. I go by he, him pronouns. That's what I do. And that's it. And you know what kids say? They say, oh, okay. And they go about their business. And then that's it. That's literally the end of the, mm-hmm. I'm telling y'all, when it is, when I tell you it is a 15 second conversation to just tell kids I'm a boy, and be like, you know, boys comes in all shapes and sizes and they look and sound different than like everybody. Just because you, I don't look and sound like your father doesn't mean I'm not a boy though. They're exactly. like, oh, okay. And they run along just like when little white kids notice that I'm black. Mm-hmm. Y'all, I'm big and black. Okay, I'm black. Mm, come on. I have to explain that people are different colors to kids. And mm-hmm. it's not their fault. It's not coming from prejudice. They just don't know. Mm-hmm. If you're three years old and you've only ever seen your family, why would you know what a black person was? Exactly. And that you know and I mean? that all comes down to what you said. These things and this prejudice and, you know, these kids who grow up being racist, that comes from being taught that way. Mm-hmm. These kids are being taught these things Boosie mm-hmm. was taught these things Jocelyn mm-hmm. was taught these things mm-hmm. they're taught and I mean it's literally is taught and I see it in kids all the time kids are taught these behaviors and that's part of like my job you know part of my job isn't like no I don't deal with all racist kids but like that's part of the representation is I represent mm-hmm. such a marginalized group that it exposes kids to so much at once exactly. okay because I sound different I look different I am different and I act different so mm-hmm. I'm exposing these kids to being tolerant and that's what i hate when people say this is being pushed on kids no kids are getting tolerance because a kid isn't gonna care that there's a gay couple on the loud house exactly they're not gonna care they're not gonna care but y'all care because Mm -hmm. y'all care and also they're like we want to be the ones to educate our kids y'all gonna educate them wrong period Mm -hmm. then that's when your kids are gonna grow up to be you know those hateful 
mm-hmm. negative mm-hmm. individuals mm-hmm. who, you know, grow up and don't have anything to look forward to because they're, you know, wallowing in so much hate and um, negativity. And it's like, you you're teaching your kids these things wouldn't you Mm -hmm. rather have it to where you know it is more of a talked about topic rather than you know you having to tell your kid in secret how this stuff works it's it's here you know and and, and i feel like so many people are still um holding on to that last bit of tradition right Mm -hmm. um and that goes along with internalized homophobia, right? Get into it. Which, you know, stems from religion. <laughs> and mm. uh, that within itself is a problem, right? Mm-hmm. And I can say this because I grew up in a religious household. I am still in a religious household. I also am a bisexual black woman who lives in a religious household so that's something within itself right and marcellus mm-hmm. i feel like you could say the same right absolutely except for you know i'm a man but y'all know yeah. we already went to that <laughs> we already went to that but yeah absolutely it's the same it's the same thing and it's like you know i kind of wish that i knew it was okay for people to look like me and do what i do mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's just that like I'm here for representation on all fronts, okay? Like, my friend, my friend tells me, like, oh, my goodness, you just love representation. It's so weird. And it's almost a weird thing because, y'all, there's there's an Annie life coming, okay? And I was like, what if they make Annie Asian? And I got so excited at the thought of, like, another person of color being Annie that wasn't Black just for representation purposes. I was like, oh, my gosh, what if she's Asian? Oh, and he was like, why are you what and I'm like because I like representation I like representation on all fronts and I truly Mm -hmm. mean that on all truly because because I feel like within the media right Mm -hmm. a lot of the times we end up getting split to just being black and white and you know and that makes me you know as as a black woman it makes me very sad because I'm like, yes, you know, our community is hurting. We continue to hurt and we're mm-hmm. speaking out about it. But there is also, you know, injuries within the Asian community, within yep. the Pacific Islander community, within mm-hmm. the Hispanic community, within the Indian community, you know, like there's there's other minorities and I hate that our society ends up splitting it to where it's black and white because Mm -hmm. then that leads to more resentment toward the black community because Mm -hmm. people get upset that you know we're trying to make it to where you know black lives matter and people take that in the sense of like oh you're saying that you guys are the only people that matter no Mm -mm. no we're just Mm -mm. trying to make it apparent that we're struggling but like with along with that it needs to be known that other communities are struggling as well, which is why I I am also a very big advocate in terms of representation, because I'm like, I would love, I would love to see, you know, these star studded lead roles on, you know, in these Broadway shows or in film and television Mm -hmm. where they're telling real stories, you know, of, of these people. Right. Right. I'm telling you, it's just, it's so interesting that like, and they, and the thing is people understand the conversation of representation and all this stuff and racism, right? They understand it, but people don't understand it's the same concept with homophobia. Mm-hmm. It's the exactly. same, don't, it's, it's like different. the same, yeah, the, the, the same, same way, the same way that, you know, we want there to be representation in terms of black, white, Mexican, uh, Indian, Pacific Islander, right? There needs to be representation in terms of the alphabet mafia. Like, it's not that hard. It's really not. Exactly. But I think it's interesting because 
even with that representation, they want straight passing people. Hence why they hire straight people. And I exactly. remember I had a whole debate about this. I had a whole debate about this with somebody. And he was like, well, how are you going to say that you should only be stifled, stifled to LGBT characters? And I'm like, sir, bold of you to assume I get booked. Bold of you to assume <laughs> that I get on. booked. Come because on. I don't. I said, if I go into a role, if I'm going for an LGBT role, I have to fight all of the straights, all of them, all of them. I have to fight because all of them. Nine times out of ten, it. nine times out of ten, they will choose somebody who is straight mm-hmm. and who can act as mm-hmm. that character instead of somebody who is. And I'm saying, like, until there's a level playing field, no, straight people should not be LGBT characters because you're not at a loss for LGBT people in the acting community. Mm-hmm. You're not. You're simply not. You're not. And You're that's just how not I using, feel. They're, they're not using their resources. No. And that's how I feel. I'm like, bold of you to assume I get booked. Um, even if I wanted to, I would be only stifled to LGBT characters. I know I would. But the thing is, even then, that's why I'm not booked because I'm still fighting the same fight. I'm still mm-hmm. fighting the same fight. And then when they have LGBT characters, they want a certain LGBT looking person. They exactly. don't want people that look like me. No. And so like, but people understand that concept when it mm-hmm. comes to black people and mm-hmm. people of color, but you don't get it when it comes to homophobia, when it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. And it just, it doesn't make sense to me. It really doesn't make sense to me. Not what? Not a penny. Come on. Not a penny. Mm-mm. And so like within that, that's a form of oppression, right? Right. And who are the lead oppressors? Mm-hmm. had black men. So the thing is also like in that, had black men understand oppression until they are the oppressors. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about specifically in homophobia and misogynoir. Like black straight men. That's what had black men, straight black men. Okay, that were born male, are male, mm-hmm. identify as male, black men. Okay, they push this homophobia. Lil Boosie. There are so many people like him who look up to him in the South. So many people all over the world who look up to him, who, yes. who agree with him. People agree with Jocelyn. People agree with Lil Boosie. They're like, yes, yes. These ones, they, they gotta go. They gotta go. Look at what they're doing to our kids. And then it's so funny because your kid's gonna come out however they come out regardless. They're exactly. gonna come out however they come out regardless. But like, it's this denial of accountability that's been Mm -hmm. happening for years that like somehow black lgbt people are supposed to fix this problem yep black lgbt people are supposed to fix it like we're supposed to somehow fix a problem we never started Mm -hmm. we're supposed to fix a problem we never started when we're the ones who are being marginalized we're the ones that are being sought after we're the ones being killed black trans women are killed in the streets every day Mm -hmm. by black heterosexual men who don't want people to find out that they were dating a trans person and that's not the trans person's fault it's not that 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 is the heterosexual black man who is too blinded by his uh fragile masculinity that he doesn't want to come to terms with his own sexuality and that is his problem you know but that that goes back to internalized homophobia which I feel like is embedded in the black community because Mm -hmm. it all stems from religion. And um, this is a topic that we kind of touched on in our earlier season, quote unquote, um, we were on um, my Instagram when we were live because Mm -hmm. I, we, we discussed how religion is literally embedded in the black community you know like if you talk to any black person you can definitely tell them yeah or they'll they'll tell you you know i woke up on saturdays my mom was playing gospel music next day sunday morning we woke up bright and early went to church wednesdays or thursdays we had bible study you know during the summer we had vacation bible school Mm -hmm. um during halloween we had a a sit-in at the church you know we Mm -hmm. didn't go out trick-or-treating new years we were all together on new years and everything is embedded in our baptist beliefs right because that goes back to when our community when um african americans were slaves right that goes Mm -hmm. back to that being the only safe haven that we had back then so religion was the only thing to keep us together and keep us sane which is honestly the basis to what religion is anyway religion is literally a construct (laughs) to um to give human beings a sense of stability and give us a sense of comfortability and allow us to have 
some answer to these unknown questions. That's what religion is. It is it is the answer to these questions that aren't going to be answered for us. So we turn to religion and that's where, you know, like I said, it is embedded in our community, which is sad mm-hmm. because then that leads to, like it was said, Black trans women being killed, you know, almost mm-hmm. literally every day on the streets because people Absolutely. are still so set in their ways and they mm-hmm. are so um in in a way you know it's it's like that saying how people are like oh people who are evil live longer right but it's so true you harbor so much hate and you harbor mm-hmm. so much negativity that mm-hmm. like you know you're you're blocking everything else from coming in and something else that i just want to get into you know before we continue is just how homophobia and religion go hand in hand right okay so As you all know, and as I said already, uh, religion is very much embedded in the Black community, Um, Mm -hmm. but it makes no sense to me how, you know, there are so many other sins in the Bible and so many things that can be talked about, but the number one sin that people will always share and rant about is homosexuality, which makes no sense to me because, you know committing adultery is a sin but there's so many people who walk this earth that cheat underground right mm-hmm. mm. um you know getting tattoos that's considered a sin because you're not supposed to you know uh add blemishes to your temple since your body's a temple um you know you're not supposed to swear but people curse all the time right mm-hmm. so it's like all of these sins are um pretty much should be at you know the same level as homosexuality technically because they're all listed in the bible so it's like if all of these sins are a thing what makes one sin worse than another one it doesn't and that's the whole thing with religion is that it's open for interpretation and it says in the bible that like no sin is greater than another one if you steal a penny or you steal a million dollars it's the same thing and so people just like to put they like to put their own like categorizations on them, just like we do crime in America or we do crime anywhere in the world. They put they put it like, okay, this is worse than this. This is worse than this. And people also like to deflect. So at least I'm not doing this. I'm doing this, but at least I'm not doing this. As if there's like sections of quote unquote like hell that they get into for like Mm -hmm. doing different like oh wait since i'm not like gay and i just stole i'm not gonna be in the same no you are exactly (laughs) according to the bible you're going to all be in the same hell exactly so people put their own like mind perspective on it because religion is those people who stand outside with those picket fences on corners who Mm -hmm. like berate people who are like like you're just gonna go to hell like that's not what it's supposed to be about no, that's and not I, at all. What what we talked about um, earlier was, you know, how God is love, and you know that's that's something that is said multiple times throughout the the Bible. Literally, you know, through God having so much love for the human race, that's why the world was created. You know, because He had so much love for us, He sent His Son to die which is kind of sad, honestly, being like, yeah, I love you guys so much. I'm going to kill my kid. <laughs> that is sad. I mean, who we? <laughs> I've never thought about it like that, but yeah. No, but like it, it just makes me so upset because I'm like, okay, people cheat all the time, mm-hmm. but a man loving a man or a woman loving a woman is bad. Like, what? It makes no sense to me. And that's what happens when you let people get a hold of the Bible. Mm -hmm. Is people will do what they do and they'll construe it and switch it and twist it into however they want it to be. And to fit their narrative. Because a lot of sins are a lot of sins. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter how it is. It just matters that you did it. And mm-hmm. it's just that, like, they like to focus on one because it's easier. It's mm-hmm. easier to focus on an entire community than focus on why are y'all not tithing? Why don't y'all give y'all 10% out of each paycheck? 
Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's so interesting because me, even right now, I tithe. Like, I am a tither, which is so, it's like been embedded in me so much. I can't help but do it. It's mm-hmm. automatic. Before I take out any money, I put my 10% away. You know exactly. what I mean? And I've always done that. Like, I have money in my savings right now, mm-hmm. dedicated to my tithes from when I was working because I wasn't at a church, right? And so, y'all, y'all, y'all don't tithe. A lot of y'all don't tithe. Mm-hmm. A lot of y'all just come to church. But me, an LGBT person in the house, you're judging me. But I'm putting in my tithes right now. Mm-hmm. And y'all can't say the same. So exactly. we were one of the same at this point. And we should be in your eyes. And But people have that classification. Mm-hmm. They have those classifications. And that's another reason why a lot of people in our generation are leaving the church is because the church is very judgmental. The yes. church, especially the Black church, is very judgmental. Yes. The old school Black church, I made it my vow and I made it my vow. And I told my parents, I'm not going to a church with pews in it. I mean that with my whole heart. Mm. If the church has pews, I'm not going. Because that in itself tells me where they are. Mm-hmm. It tells me where they are and where they're going. And I don't Tradition. feel like being judged. I don't feel mm-hmm. like being judged because the thing is, nobody talks to me. I my, my sexuality is assumed to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It's just assumed. I don't get to have that control of telling people. People yeah. are more shocked to find out I'm bisexual. Yeah, because they already the, have the assumption that you're just gay right i'm telling you it, mm-hmm. it's it's literally only my voice if yeah. my voice was deeper y'all wouldn't know a thing mm-hmm. and that's not to and that's why i tell people it's not an indicator so a lot of people's quote-unquote gaydars they're not gaydars they're based no. on stereotypes like mm-hmm. i'm sorry but for all you women out there who say you have a gaydar you don't you really no. don't you have a list of stereotypes uh-huh. that, you that you like you to mentally, put on somebody you mentally check off the second you see somebody walking around and you know yep. i i can say i am definitely well not not so now but i used to be very guilty of saying that i had a gaydar um and you know after taking the time like this this year has really brought a lot of thinking and self-reflection um mm-hmm. which and you know accountability um and i am extremely happy about that you know because i'm like i am very grateful that i'm not in the same mindset and i don't have the same mindset that i did you know Mm -hmm. a year ago six months ago because so much can happen in so little time Mm -hmm. and um yeah i i definitely used to be one of those people and like after really thinking about it you're so right it's like this list of stereotypes that you mentally check off and you're like oh yeah that person is gay what makes them gay Oh, because it's based off of a stereotype that society has placed on gay people. That's why you have a gaydar, quote unquote. It makes no sense. Like, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's (laughs) so interesting because then, then that's where we get into DL. This is a whole different conversation, but that's how we get into DL and masculine people and straight passing gay people. Mm -hmm. And this is no shade to the straight passing gay people because they exist. They are people. But it's literally so how does that work then? How does your gaydar work if you can exactly. only spot feminine men? You only, the more effeminate a man is, the more gay he is to people in society. And it mm-hmm. doesn't make sense because just like me, if my voice wasn't high pitched, then the stereotype wouldn't click in people's head. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't click. It wouldn't click at all. I would just be somebody. I would just be somebody and I would have to tell you. But these are all things. So like, that's what it comes with when it comes to people who like Lil Nas X. Lil Nas X had to come out. Like, yeah. and, you know, good for him because he was confident enough to do so. And he was exactly. dropping hints all the, all the way. But like, mm-hmm. he had to come out. He had to come out. Tyler, the yes. creator had to come out. People have exactly. to come out. But Frank not Ocean, everybody has that you know? luxury. Come on. exactly. Not everybody has that quote unquote luxury of it you know and it, and it mm-hmm. goes for women too like Demi Lovato they had to come out as non-binary exactly you know people have to come out they have to they have to do it in their own different way so I feel like for people especially straight people to be like they're not special why is it this big thing why are you treating us differently exactly why why is it so different for us to live our lives mm-hmm. 
and don't we're not the ones making it different that's why i'm saying like they they're putting it on lgbt people lgbt people to fix what a problem we didn't create we're not the ones with the problem y'all are mm-hmm. y'all Come are on. like y'all made gay being gay and being lesbian being bisexual y'all made all of that illegal like not even 50 years ago literally and that so, and it all goes back to religion <laughs> I'm telling you. Because so many people are still embedded in mm-hmm. that tradition of, you know, like, sorry to say, but not sorry to say, but like Bible beating, you know, like mm-hmm. so, so many people on this earth still Bible beat. And that is exactly why we're in the predicament that we are, because religion is so embedded, especially within the black community, that it is used to police us. It is used to demonize us. And mm-hmm. it is also um, a key factor to trauma, you know, oh, espe- oh, especially oh. for um, LGBTQ plus youth. You know, I mm-hmm. can say that for myself, you know, but before I came to terms with the fact that I was bisexual, I never wanted to think about anything like that because all my life I was told if I ever had a thought or, you know, an, an attraction toward mm-hmm. um, the same sex as me, I would instantly go to hell. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so then that comes with, you know, the internalized homophobia. And mm-hmm. so for so long, I put it off because I was like, no, I didn't no. because that that part of my brain was like, if I actually accept this, that means that I'm actually accepting going to hell. Right. And that mm-hmm. was instilled in me. This fear was instilled in me. Um, mm-hmm. And then it just finally came to a point where I was like, you know, God is love. Right. Mm-hmm. And if he loves me and I love him, right, I I don't think I I have a place in hell, right? Because if God created the heavens and the earth as well as, you know, any human beings starting from a soul, you know, then, you know, uh, having a body or whatever, mm-hmm. um, he created me in his image. And if he created me in his image, therefore, bisexuality isn't a sin. You know, I'm still able to love who I want to love and who I can love because I was made in his image. Mm. I was made because he loves me. I I am here because he loves me. We're all here Mm. because he loves us. Right. And Mm. that's something that a lot of people can't grasp. And like I said, it took me some time to really like understand it for myself. And, you know, I still deal with the fact that I you know, I'm still in a very um, religious household and a lot Mm -hmm. of, you know, my family members don't agree with my choices. Is that going to stop me? No, because one, Mm -hmm. it is my life to live. (laughs) So um, I really wish that, you know, a lot more people, especially in the black community, had that, um, had that mentality in the sense that, you know, Mm -hmm. we don't have to stick to tradition just because it is embedded in our community, you know, and and not, not saying in the sense to completely dismiss it Mm -hmm. um, more in the sense of take what you need and leave what Mm -hmm. you don't. There we go. And do y'all understand how deep we just went? Do y'all understand how deep like this conversation really is? Like all of this is stemming from a statement somebody said out of ignorance. Somebody who most likely was raised in the church or somebody Mm -hmm. who most likely had black people around him who influenced him to think this way. This is why it's so important. So like a lot of people are like, why does this only happen to the baby? Where were y'all years ago? Because homophobic men have been in hip hop for for decades. And y'all are completely and utterly correct. And to that I say, I am 24. I'm 24. Mm -hmm. So I can't be fighting injustices while going to middle school. Okay. I was already fighting with myself back in middle school, in high school, to be really figuring out what y'all doing in the real world. I had to figure out myself first. And I'm still figuring out myself. And it's so interesting because people, because then it gets into the cancel culture versus Mm -hmm. accountability. And it's like, why is it the baby the one taking the fall for all of this stuff? And um, I love watching The Grapevine, y'all. I watch The Grapevine all the time. And somebody said, 
the baby isn't quote unquote taking the fall. However, he is now being made an example that we're no longer going to take it. That is no longer going to be okay. And so like this gets into cancel culture versus accountability. Right. Mm -hmm. And for me personally, I don't believe cancel culture exists and I can go into immense detail on how I feel like that word is just a cop-out for people who don't want to hold other people accountable. Yep. I just, I don't, I just, I truly don't feel like it exists. I hate, I hate cancel culture. Like, it just, I don't like the word. It's like, ugh, because in my mind, in my mind, I want any of my listeners, pause this, and in 10 seconds, 15 seconds, give me two people who have been canceled and remain canceled. Two people who no longer work because they were canceled. Two people who don't have fans. Two people who are no longer allowed to do anything because they got canceled. Mm-hmm. You can't. No, because you simply it can't. doesn't exist. <laughs> it doesn't exist. So many, so many people think that, you know, taking to social media, ripping somebody to shreds is going to stop their income. Because you're talking about them, that's adding more to their bank. Because their their lives and their income thrives off of speech and people mm-hmm. talking about them. Mm-hmm. The publicity, like, you know, that's why that saying is... Uh, uh, There's never bad publicity. What? Yeah, yeah. And it is so true, which is why cancel culture is a, a stupid thing that society has created. Because I'm like, like you said, it does not exist. There is not one person who James Charles has been canceled how many times and he is still on YouTube, right? Still on YouTube, still getting YouTube's revenue, still collecting checks, right? Mm -hmm. Same thing with Jeffree Star, same thing with Shane Dawson, Trisha Pintess, um, the baby, right? Uh, Tory Lanez, they're still receiving all of this money, and it's like cancel culture as you know stupid as the construct is like it doesn't even need to be a thing because it doesn't exist and these you, people you can't fans. cancel somebody because these people can't. still have ride or die fans r kelly literally r, r kelly. kelly r kelly was like you know all of this evidence came out you know he even spoke on it and there are still people mm-hmm. out there who are like you know i mm, no actually I'm everything that was said is completely a, a a lie you know i'm still gonna put my key into the ignition right no i'm telling no. you i'm <laughs> telling you but you know what you know what um our friend our friend bubba he said that because it's possibly coming out that he was grooming men he said oh now he's definitely gonna get canceled by the black community because now he's messing with now he's messing with boys it's not the fact that they were kids. It's the fact that they were men. That mm-hmm. and he was like, "That's it. That's that's the that's the deciding factor right there." He's stepping in the name of Ninos, and they ain't gonna have that. And not I at all. Die because it's so sad, but it's so true. Because it's gonna take him sleeping with boys for y'all to be like, "No, we can't do this. Yep. Absolutely not. Never." But like he did and this guess to all what? That that comes back to that comes back full circle to homophobia. <laughs> Literally, it comes back full circle to homophobia, <laughs> oh y'all. God. And so, like, we're doing this cancel diverse accountability. And so, actually, this week, me and T saw that the baby met with nine HIV/AIDS organizations to like apologize. But where's the public apology? Mm-hmm. Didn't he delete it, T? Didn't he delete his public one? Didn't he make he one of the did? Deleted? Yeah, it. It was posted, and then, mm-hmm. like, not too long after it was posted, it was taken down by I him. thought so. I thought so. Because I'm yeah. like, now, I remember he apologized. It was really mm-hmm. half behind, and I saw that, and I could tell he didn't write it. Because in that apology, he really tried to say, like, as a Black man in America, ah, 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 I'm right. not here for this, okay? You ain't got to tell me your demographic. You ain't got to tell me your demographic. Say you are ignorant. And then I hate when people say educate me. Ooh, I'm sorry. Mm -mm. That, I don't hate a lot of things. Tiara knows. I am not a hate person. Mm -hmm. I don't say the word hate because that is such a strong word for me personally. That's just a personal thing. It is a strong word for me. But Mm -hmm. I hate when somebody says, educate me. The baby, you are 29. Literally. 29. If you- 29. 
Come on, if you were old enough to speak out at Rolling Loud and say that ignorant ass shit, you can be old enough to pick up a book, look up something on Google, and educate yourself. You are a multimillionaire. You are a multimillionaire. You have more access to resources than I could ever have. Mm-hmm. You have access to Google at your fingertips. You can pay somebody else to Google for you. You could have had all these resources and all this information at your fingertips, but you chose not to. But now that you spoke some ignorant stuff, we have to educate you. Why do marginalized communities always have to educate their oppressors? Mm-hmm. Please, please Who, say that one more time. Please say why? that one more time. So do that the they marginalized they, y'all, y'all need to hear this, okay? Why do the marginalized community have to continuously educate the oppressors? It's not make our job. that make sense. Make it make sense. Not Please. our job. It's not, not our job. Our job. It's all. not our job. Just like no. me and Sierra know from Jump, it's not me and Herd's job to accept the baby's apology because we're nope. not affected by anything he said at all. So guess what? HIV positive people, they're not with it. They're not with it. They're like, okay, he done lost about six, seven festivals. He's losing brand deals. He's losing all this stuff. So now he done met with nine organizations in private to talk about this stuff and to have this apology. And they're And they're like, no, we want an apology as loud as his ignorance and we want it to be sincere and we want it to be from him like mm-hmm. you can tell like now he's going on an apology tour with these hiv organizations which is great cool are you donating or are you just meeting with them because meeting with them ain't gonna do nothing for me meeting with them ain't gonna do nothing for nobody are you and two actually... in private there we go why wasn't these public meetings why are we finding out after the fact like if you really felt a certain way about it, speak out. Okay. Like, just like write, you spoke out. Write these statements. Like, exactly. Write, write these statements yourself. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, if, if you really feel this way, don't have somebody else write these things for you. Right. You, you take to Twitter. You take to Instagram. You take to, you know, what whatever and sit here and write this statement yourself. But you won't. Because Mm-mm. you're still ignorant. And you're complacent. not sorry. That's the whole point. You're not sorry. I'll even take a thread of tweets in whatever whatever homophobic language you want to bu- double down on. If you want to put your sincerest apology in the form of a tweet, I bet you people will take it over mm. what you're doing. But it's not our apology to take. But I just think it will look better. The optics will look better even if you had a little Twitter thread explaining how you are ignorant and how you need to do better and how you're going to do better and what you Mm -hmm. plan on doing. You know what I mean? Because this is getting into what the baby can do. He needs a public apology that's not deleted and not created by his team, as we have just talked about. He needs to actually, first, he needs to educate himself so that he can make an actual apology, so he can realize what he did. Like, I don't think he understands the optics of what he did and what if there are people who are like HIV positive in that crowd? What if there are people out there who were literally about to like come out to their partner or come out to their spouse, significant other, whoever you may call it, ask somebody who was HIV positive because you can't look at somebody and know they're HIV positive. What exactly. if that backtracked people? Which it probably did. Mm-hmm. It probably did. It probably backtracked a whole lot of people from being their true selves, from being like, okay, I am HIV positive. And guess what? I'm not going to die. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to die in three weeks. I've been living with HIV for years. People, creators who I have known, I don't even know they were HIV positive. And it's not something they have to disclose, but they disclosed it. Like, people who I've watched for years, Black gay men who are HIV positive, And I'm like, dang, so this really hits people. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So, like, I just think that, like, he needs to educate himself so that he can give a proper apology not full of ignorance. And- he could also, you know, donate and educate himself, right? Um, he could donate mm-hmm. to these uh, HIV um, and AIDS prevention organizations, these mm-hmm. grassroots organizations, because it's not hard to look them up. It's Literally, not. all you do is type in grassroots organization HIV slash AIDS, and all of these links come up. They even give you, you know, ways that you can donate. Um, mm-hmm. I found one. You know, because I'm not here to spoon feed you. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, Y'all look but, it up. She better than me. Exactly. Yeah. So um, 
I found one and it is in Seattle and I chose this one because um I mean one it's a place that is easily accessible to me because I uh live there <laughs> um but uh Overall, it's the AIDS Healthcare Foundation, but there is a healthcare center in Seattle, Washington, um, which this provides advanced medical care specifically for people who are positive with HIV and AIDS. Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, they tell you, you know, these multiple payment methods that you can have. So it's not hard, you know, mm-hmm. to look these things up because I did it and I found I, I found multiple, but this is just one that I I'm telling you Mm -hmm. about and so that just goes to show that if you really care you can do it yourself you know it's not hard to look this stuff up if you want to educate yourself because that's what I did I went and I held myself accountable you know and I looked this up myself so it's not something hard for the baby to do no he just has to want to do it literally literally he just has to want to do it or be like or just be so nonchalant about it to have somebody else do it for you mm-hmm. like even if you personally don't do all this research have somebody else research so that you can be educated because i hate how he's literally telling us to educate him when he's the one with all the money and all the resources you are in those spaces and those places where you can get all the resources or whatever you can do it why do we mm-hmm. have to do it we over exactly. here and this brings me to my final point right what else can the baby do he can shut up mm-hmm. mind his business period mind his black heterosexual business because the only way the only way i would relook at this situation differently for the baby is if he was diagnosed with hiv and he was positive and that was like some some big outburst because he had just found out that's the only way i would even remotely think about looking at this differently but even then but even a then literally literally you I, have I, the resources. I, I, I was going to say even then mm-hmm. that does still that still does not give you the right Absolutely to speak not. as ignorant as you did right Mm -mm. you know like obviously that would bring a different sort of weight to the situation if he did you know it would some reason uh come out as hiv positive and that's why you know he was afraid to say something or why he you know reacted the way that he did because i mean uh, a lot of people who are you know closeted homosexuals you know people just who are closeted in general right um don't don't want to accept that part of themselves and so the way they do that is they deflect and they put out like you i can't tell you how many times i've seen it in media too and like i've seen it in real life with you know um a lot of people struggling with being closeted and not wanting Mm -hmm. to come out right and which you know that's their business but it's like it does not give you the right to take the way that you are feeling and you know um put that onto someone else and spread I'm telling you and that is exactly what you know um the situation would be look like would look like <laughs> um uh so yeah I I definitely agree the last thing that he can do is just shut up and mind his heterosexual business because Ooh, you know really. if it, it it comes down to the old saying if you don't have anything nice to say don't say it at all don't say it at all because it, it doesn't concern him Unless it does. And if it does, then we can have another talk. But it don't. It really Mm -hmm. don't. And so at the end of the day, that's the whole thing. Like, just shut up. Like, literally, shut up. Like, literally. And I mean it with all the disrespect. Shut up. Mm -hmm. Like Y'all heard heard Ariana Grande's song? (laughs) Yeah. Shut up. For real. Whoa, 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 whoa. like mind your business that's the because that's what he should have did because Mm -hmm. this whole entire rant came unwarranted it wasn't like he it wasn't like he was berated by a whole bunch of like gay people on the stage it wasn't like he was called out for having hiv and aids it wasn't like any of this stuff happened to him that we Mm -hmm. know of Mm-hmm. and not to speculate but like this came out of nowhere and that to be honest that's a whole bunch of that's a whole bunch of homophobia when stuff just come out the cut right exactly exactly and, that's, and that's what happened like it it was unwarranted you you decided to take to this rolling loud stage and spew this hatred 
and this negativity and then and then you want to act a certain way when people rebel and have mm-hmm. things to say against you mm-hmm. and then I'm people sorry. like see straight people can't say anything see they can't just speak their minds no that rhetoric kills people mm-hmm. that rhetoric leads to death and I mean that in every way, shape, form, and idea. Mm-hmm. And that's why people are holding him accountable. He's yep. not canceled. He's being held accountable, okay? That's why Dua Lipa was like, I'm taking down my version with him. Mm-hmm. To be honest, y'all, I didn't even like his verse, no way. And that was just a personal opinion, right. okay? That was just a personal thing of mine. I didn't like his verse on Levitating anyway. And so she took it down because she was like, I don't want to be associated with that. Mm-hmm. These festivals said, we don't want somebody who is so who is so ready to just like berate an already marginalized community. Because think about it, y'all, think about it. Rolling Loud now has to deal with the fact that that happened on their stage. Yep. Ain't nobody else trying to do that. Ain't nobody else trying to deal with what reckless things he could say. Because guess what? He could have been like Post Malone. Post Malone, I saw him up there and I was watching it. No, he was a Lollapalooza. He was a Lollapalooza, I think. And he was just such an awe. And all the people, he was like, this is just so cool. Thank you all. I love you all. And he just sat there and was just like, I just can't believe I'm here. I can't believe I'm here. I love you all. I love you all so much. I love you. I love you. I love you. Boom. Boom. That's how you, Mm -hmm. boom. He thanked his fans. He thanked them and thanked them and thanked them. I couldn't have did it without y'all and left. And here, and I'm going to end with this. This is my final thought. My final thoughts with Mm -hmm. Mark. If Chris Brown Azalea Banks and Elton John are in agreement on a subject. What more can I say about it? Come on. What more can I say? What when okay. I am in agreement with them as well? What more can I say? Exactly. I rest my case. Mm-hmm. I rest my case. You have any final thoughts, T? Um, I'll just say, you know, uh, something that I want the viewers to take away from this is, uh, you know, like I said, this was talked about, like, I, I think we honestly ended almost every single episode last season with saying, you know, hold yourself and others around you accountable. Mm -hmm. Um, accountability is like our, our mantra here at Let's Get Black too, right? Mm -hmm. We, we are all about, um, not only keeping others around you accountable, but taking that accountability for yourself and, mm-hmm. you know, taking the time to research, taking the time to really delve deep into these things and not just read, you know, a capitalized, bold writing article and go off of that. Read the mm-hmm. entire thing. Read mm-hmm. more articles than one, you know, mm-hmm. really look into these things that are being said so mm-hmm. that, you know, you have all of the information that you can or as much as you can obtain to mm-hmm. hold these people in these positions accountable. And in return, you're holding yourself accountable, too, because you went out of the way to educate yourself. And that goes back to, you know, us not needing to educate you you need to go out and find these things for yourself so Mm -hmm. uh yeah i'd say continue to hold yourself accountable um while also holding others around you accountable research and um cancel culture is not a thing so it's fake all of it yeah and on that note (laughs) good night everybody we We have fun You have just listened to Let's Get Black 2, the podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Let's Get Black 2 and on YouTube at Let's Get Black 2. Thank you and we'll see you next week.